Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. But I also realized that I didn't like myself. And so once I realized that I stopped liking me because of this and because of this relationship, that that was like one of the points that I was like, okay, now it's time to do something. I know you are doing the best that you can right now. Your relationships matter to you. You are important. And yet over time, we get stuck. We get lost or we stop showing up as our true self. We get hung up on the stories we tell ourselves, the comparisons, or feeling like we are not good enough. I'm Not Your Shrink is a podcast aimed at helping you feel connected to yourself, to others, and to live a life that is in line with what matters most to you. I'm Dr. Tracy Dalglish, clinical psychologist and couples therapist. I bring you clinical knowledge and evidence-based research, experiences of sitting in the therapist chair, and being a wife and mother to talk about everyday issues we all face to help you change the dialogue in your life. Let's dive in. Hey there, thank you for tuning into another episode. I'm so excited to share this one with you. But before we get started, I want to make sure that you are aware of the opportunities to work with me. If you are looking to make a different choice in your relationship, join me in my online program, Be Connected. I teach you how to go from disconnected and overwhelmed to being able to communicate and build your connection. My program gives you 12 core lessons plus masterclasses to help you learn the skills and tools that I teach my clients in my office every single day. There are also monthly Q&A sessions where I answer your questions, weekly emails to keep you on track with small exercises to rebuild your connection, and so much more. My favorite part about Be Connected is that you can jump into the program space and type in whatever word or issue you are struggling in and all of the video lessons related to that specific issue, say defensiveness or criticism or anxious attachment, all of the videos that are related to that will show up for you, which makes this program an on-demand space when you're struggling. Visit me more, drtracyd.com or check out the show notes as all of the links are in there. All right, now many people don't think of divorces as happy, which is why the story from today's guests is an important one. I am sitting with co-authors of Our Happy Divorce, How Ending Our Marriage Brought Us Together. This is Nikki and Ben. Nikki knows firsthand how being supported by a strong, loving family can influence the way a person navigates life, love, marriage, and motherhood. Having grown up as a member of the iconic San Francisco 49ers football family, she was thrown into the limelight at a young age. 
The values her family instilled in her have helped her shape who she is today, and she continues to live by them. As vice president of the D. Bartolo Family Foundation, Nikki has made it her mission to give back to her community in every way possible, from supporting local grassroots movements to national charities, all while being a strong, supportive wife and mother. Nikki resides in Tampa Bay with her son, Asher, and her husband. Ben graduated from the University of California, Berkeley, with a Bachelor of Science degree in African American History and Business Administration. He is the owner of Held Fond Holdings, LLC, a holding company that invests in a wide variety of companies, including private equities, restaurants, and a record label. Ben is involved with many organizations supporting those who struggle with addiction and substance abuse. An avid golfer and sports enthusiast, he currently resides in South Tampa with his wife, Nadia, his son, Asher, and their six-year-old daughter, Isabella, and three-year-old son, Jackson. I am so excited to share our conversation together. Ben and Nikki, thank you so much for joining me here on the podcast. I am so thrilled to be having this conversation with you both. It's such an important conversation to have, one where we can normalize um, these experiences that so many people are going through. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a tough. Uh, uh, it, I think marriage is tough. I, you know, I don't know yes. of any marriages that are. Uh, rainbow uh i think people lie and say they're always rainbows and butterflies oh, yeah. especially with the advent of, uh, of social media but you know it's tough and there's there's going to be rocky roads and there's going to be hurdles and uh you know for uh, our, our marriage was no different um but it reached a point where it was clear um that that uh, the the saving of it or that the uh, uh you know that we could turn back the damage or, or whatever uh just wasn't we were causing more damage yeah yeah let's start there can you because i see the sign right behind you the title of your book our happy divorce you have written something that's so important for people to have their hands on but maybe you can tell the listeners a little bit about how you became this this part what what ended up happening between you two uh, I, I think it started with a maybe not so happy marriage. <laughs> um, and need to laugh at that because it's not a funny thing, but well, it's not funny, but, 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 um, you know, I think Nikki and I, um, met, uh, you know, we maybe got infatuation. Boy like, meets girl, boy, girl, fall in love, boy, girl, get married, get boy married. and girl, have a kid, boy yeah. and girl, get divorced. <laughs> uh, you know, boy and girl are still friends is the short mm. story. But, uh, you know, I think in the beginning, it was in friendship overnight. No, but I think in the beginning, you know, we met and, and you, you had that first dating and, 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 you know, the butterflies and, and the attraction and, and we had that and we were in our twenties, everything sort of lined up, you know, her family was moving to Florida. Um, and as you know, I was, was going to come back then how much you love to watch football. <laughs> right. And then it wasn't so cute. Uh, but, but, you know, I think that uh, we were at that age in our twenties, I was making the move across the country. It was like society told us. He was making the move across the country to be with my, me and my family. So I think, yeah, society said, well, if you're going to make that big of a move, you're in your twenties. It's time to get married. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's why yeah. we were, my generation was sort of yeah. grown up. Uh, of course. Right. You're and, making that uh, commitment. You might as well make the next step. Right. Right. And, uh, you know, I, I, looking back, I mean, obviously hindsight's, you know, 2020, uh, not to be glib, but, uh, Nikki on our wedding day, uh, had, had a sort of like a visceral body reaction. She got sick. 
um, after I she said I do. Literally go take my wedding dress off at a reception and like just sit and go like, oh, like someone's got to go find me something to wear that doesn't weigh four hundred pounds because I think I might die. And I was remembered on our wedding day, looking in the mirror and, and getting my, doing my hair and, and looking uh, at myself going, you shouldn't be doing this. Mm. And I think, again, looking back on it, I, I sort of, the intellect took over uh, to whatever that message was and said, oh, you're just having cold feet. You know, this is normal. This is, um, but again, looking back on it, um, somebody uh, within my spirit or whoever was trying to tell me something and, and I just didn't, what wasn't listening. And, and, um, but, but again, oh gosh, he just wasn't here yet. Right. That's what our son, that's, yeah. that, 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 you know, that's what that, that was the beauty of it. But anyways, we, yeah. you know, we got married and, and uh, obviously, and went through every stoplight uh, railroad cross uh, railroad crossing, you know, beeping red lights and it, even dating. Like we just pushed through all those right. and, and there were signs and there were messages. Know, looking back on it. I, I mean, as much as, you know, the pain and the heartache and everything you have to go through, getting and going through a divorce, I wouldn't have changed being married because I would, we would never ever have Asher. Like he wouldn't be here if it was. And so, I mean, I, I truly believe he was supposed to be here. And there was a, and there was a reason that we were together. There was a reason we got married and it's because of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, right. we grew, it, it, we grew I think you, people. Go ahead. You say something so important there, Nikki, and that is that we make the decisions with the best information we have at the time. Right. And and we say hindsight's 2020, meaning that, oh, we could see it clearly now, but actually you see it now with all of the information you have today and how you've evolved and changed. So really hindsight's not 2020. No. And had you not made those decisions, these other bumps along the way wouldn't have brought you to be the two people you are now. Right. Yeah. And I think by uh, hindsight being 2020 is an awareness. Right. And, and, Absolutely. and, and there's, uh, you know, I'm just, there's a desertion or a distinction for me between uh, hindsight and seeing it mm. and then having the ability to go back and change it. Right. right? And, and for me, if, if you told me, Hey, guess what? I created this time machine and you can go back and, and, and change anything. I wouldn't take you up on the offer. Yeah. Right. Because, you know, obviously so we had important. our son, Obviously, uh, you know, not only our son, but we've grown, uh, you know, we went through hell uh, and, and we learned from it and we grew from it. And we, uh, 14 years later, aren't stuck in hell like a right. lot of like a lot of married uh, or divorced couples are. It hasn't haunted us. Right. It's not a black cloud that hangs over us or our family or our new partners or anything. Today's podcast episode is sponsored by Factor. There are many times in the week when I need to phone it in for dinner. It's been a full day of clients, the kids are having big feelings, or I'm just tired. But I don't just want to reach for fast food. I want something that is delicious, ready to eat, affordable, and includes a nutritious meal. And Factor's ready-to-eat meals, snacks like my go-to midday bites, and smoothies all meet what I am looking for. Factor's pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian-approved meals are delivered right to your door. It doesn't get any 
easier than that. And I love that they have over 35 different options a week to choose from. And they have over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. Something I'm really conscious about right now is my budgeting around food. So Factor has done the math for us and it is less expensive than takeout and it doesn't compromise on nutrition and taste. Plus, there's so much flexibility. You can choose from six to 18 meals per week and you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. Join me and take the extra load out of meal prep and menu planning. Head to factormeals.com slash INYS50 and use the code they've gifted to my community, INYS50, to get 50% off. That's code INYS50 at factormeals.com slash INYS50 and save 50% off and make this week's meal planning and menu so much easier. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. I'd love to go into that a little bit more because so many people send me DMs in my community. It's a common thing that my clients in my office are struggling with. And they say something along the lines of, how do I know when it's time to leave? How do I know when it's time to separate or divorce? And I'd love to get that insight from you two. How did you know it was time? I think for me, not only did I just not like him, like I could, like, I mean, I think, sorry, I think that, I mean, I think we both felt that way. Like, I, I think we both felt like when the other one would walk into the room, it was like, ugh. Mm-hmm. but I also realized that I didn't like myself. And oh, so once huge. I realized that I stopped liking me because of this and because of this relationship, that that was like one of the points that I was like, okay, now it's time to do something. Yeah. I, and I think you probably, I mean, I'm not putting Yeah, I didn't like very, you very much either. No, but I think you probably felt the same way about yourself. Like, you know, you, you looked at yourself and you're like, you know what? I don't like, I, I ended up, I, I don't like me. Yeah. And I think that's the, uh, you know, thing about marriage or relationships, uh, the convenience, I guess, uh, of uh, relationships. And, and at the end of our marriage was it's a lot easier to point the finger at somebody else. It was a lot easy to say, this is Nikki's fault. If only she would do this, if only she would do that instead of looking at my part. And, and, and you know, I think that decision um, it, it is not a light one. I don't, you know, I can assure you, we didn't 
have a fight one night at, at a local restaurant and then wake up the next morning and decide to get divorced. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was a process, uh, you know, doing the moving in, moving out shuffle, trying to hold on to the marriage, trying to save it. It, it, it is a tough um, decision. I think for me and whatever this moment was like, I, I don't know why at that particular moment, you know, you call, I, I call it the sort of done moment. Right. Um, and it, it wasn't, I had been living out of the house, Nikki, and I had decided to work on our marriage yet again. Um, and I'd, cause she, she was in LA cause she had started this jewelry company. Um, and she had been spending a lot of time in LA and, you know, she'd committed to spending more time and working on, you know, the marriage and, 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 and staying here. Um, and you know, one thing about Nikki, she's, uh, a calendar guru and not, I mean, the paper kind, not like the electronic kind, right? <laughs> Color coded the whole like OCD thing. Uh, and it was, I, I was coming home, she was away and, and the, her calendar for the next, I think month or two was on the fridge and it was like LA here, LA there, LA there. And, and for whatever reason in that moment, I was like, this isn't going to change. Like this isn't, it just, this is not. Uh And at that point it wasn't, you know, it was Nikki's fault because I wasn't in the right mind frame. Right. Like she's never going to change. She's never going to, you know, she's just talk and all this stuff. So that was for me, the done moment. Now I didn't handle it uh, very maturely or, you know, it's not my proudest moment. And I know Nikki (laughs) loves telling this story. So I, are you going to tell it? Yeah. Oh, she'll tell it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I came. We all home. we all have these moments, though. Oh, right? yeah. This was this was yeah. This was a Ben's finest. I come home to a ripped up photo of the three of us on the kit, uh, like on my bathroom, like next to my bathroom sink, with his wedding band sitting on top of it. So that was the. In between the rip. It, yeah, it, like that was the very dramatic, very, oh, I'm I'm done. And I mean I and I'm yeah. just naturally a fixer, so I tried to fix everything. So I mean, I think I, you know, before I realized I was supposed to be done, I think I tried to fix it. And I tried to, you know, ever, you know, let's do this, let's do that, let's fix this, let's try to do this. Until you realize that it really is not fixable. And and the more we tried to fix it, the more we didn't like each other. Right. And and that's key. I mean, the, uh, I I think for years, uh, even even maybe even during our our dating before we got married, uh, we were trying to, you know, fit that square peg in the round hole Uh, and, and, you know, continually trying to say it'll fit. You know, we just have to do this. If, if maybe she moved this way, then maybe it'll fit better. Or if he moved this, you know, and, and, what ended if up somehow the other person would change, right? We're looking if, for the other then person. It, then change. it would fit, right? Mm-hmm. And then it would fit. Uh, and you know, the problem is, I think we got more and more resentful and yes. angry that that square peg uh, wouldn't fit in the round hole. Instead of realizing a square peg just won't fit in a round hole, and, and, and that was the moment. And yeah, it wasn't the most uh, proud, uh, uh, mature thing that I did, but that's the space that I was in. And and therein lies, I think where our divorce uh, or separation, uh, you know, could have really derailed and, and did. It It started, it started off like a derailed train. 
Yeah, I mean, our, our marriage didn't, I think, end in, in uh, ways that I don't know, you know a lot better, but I'd imagine uh, uh, ended in a lot of ways, uh, the ways that all divorces end, you know, and it's this like fruit salad of the most negative, harmful, uh, poisonous emotions uh, that men and women have. You know, we're you, dealing with you, you almost, romance and finance. I mean, that's, you yeah. know, those are the two big buttons. Yeah. And you, you almost get to that point though. Right. And for you, Ben, when I, when I hear that moment in my clinical mind, what I'm thinking is that's not, while we only see that one moment as if it's like on the movie screen, mm -hmm. I'm thinking of all of the other moments that led you to that. Right. And for both of you, all of the other signals, all of the other attempts, the bids for connection, let's try this, let's do that. Well, what about this? And then that's the moment that stands out, right? Because of course, these are these big bang moments of this is enough. This isn't working anymore for us. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, 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 and for me, and I think for, for Nikki too, she said that, you know, we didn't really like each other. We weren't happy uh, with each other or in our lives or fulfilled. And I, I don't know, I'm obviously not a doctor or a clinician, but I don't think that, you know, a hurt unhappy person who doesn't love themselves can love another person or, or, or be in a healthy relationship. So, uh, you know, when I left the house, I wish I could say that all of a sudden, uh, Nikki and I, uh, you know, became best friends and, and decided to write a book, uh, called our happy divorce, but it, it wasn't that yeah. it wasn't smooth. It was a journey. It, it was a journey. And, and, you know, people sort of, you know, I think what we did right and what we did wrong was what I did wrong in the beginning. And what I did wrong in the beginning um, was I made a call and my first call was to a lawyer. Um, and I sat down with this lawyer, but I was in this mindset of the emotions, you know, the emotions were leading the charge. They're just trying to hurt me. Right. And, and, and that was mm -hmm. the uh, charge was to hurt Nikki. Uh, and, and, you know, divorce is a business decision at the end of the day. It's a business deal at the end of the day. Right. And, you know, if I, w when I went into that, I had no, uh, you know, there was no business at the forefront. It was about, you know, what was going to hurt Nikki the most. So I said, I was a lawyer and he was like, yeah, we can get that. We can do this. And he wrote me a, uh, <laughs> an attack plan, right. Of hurting Nikki. And it was like, 30 it's pages. almost like the defense, right. You went and you got the army because behind the army, there's so much, there, there was just this big wound. And rather mm -hmm. than being in the wound and the hard emotions of what's actually happening, you built the attack. I built the attack. Cause that yeah, was going to yeah, make me it. feel better in a sick way. That was going to make me feel better uh, hurting Nikki. Uh, and, and that, but uh, that makes sense though, Ben, I don't see that in a sick way. I see that as a, like, when we're hurt, we want other people to hurt with us. It's not, right. you know, that expression that misery loves company. Loves company. Yeah. It's the research actually shows it's miserable people love to be with miserable people. So misery loves mm. miserable misery. company right? because yeah. when we're in this together, we want the common humanity. So I often see this with couples is that when I'm hurting, I'm going to hurt you 10 times worse so that I'm not in this by myself. I totally get that. That is so, uh, it's so right. And, and uh, you know, the, I was, I didn't read this, you know, strategic attack plan, you know, uh, of, that he wrote me and it was like 30 pages and, and for like two weeks and I was on a red eye back from LA 
Um, and I don't know, again, what it was at that moment, right? Or, or you know, it, it was three in the morning and the fluorescent airplane lights or whatever it was, but I started reading it. Um, and I got about two pages into it. Um, and for the first time in a long time in my life, uh, I was able to be, be honest with myself and get honest. Um, and, and also tap into, and this is the crazy thing that, that is so poignant that should put an emphasis on what we're dealing with here. I was a child of a very high conflict divorce. Mm. And yet here I was about to go down the same path and put my son on my back and take him down that path of, of what I dealt with a, a, as a kid. Um, but anyways, like it, it, it was in that moment that I realized that, that, you know, there's no way in the world uh, that it could all be Nikki's fault. It just, it takes two to make a relationship. It takes two to ruin it. And, and that was the turning point. And mm -hmm. then I, you know, called him on Monday. Uh, the lawyer said, thank you, but no, thank you. Um, and I made the second phone call. And, and the second phone call, I urged people, it would be the best decision they make uh, instead of making the mistake I made. And that was, I called the therapist. And, and, and I called somebody to work with. Um, and, and that really was the turning point Again, it wasn't all, you know, it didn't become our happy divorce after, but it really was the turning point because I started working on my stuff, my mm -hmm. side of the street. And, and you know, Nikki, to, to her credit, too, was, was working with a therapist, too. Um, yeah, because I think I started mine as, you know, I, my parents were are still married now and they're married, been married for, for 53 years. So I didn't quite have the same mindset that Ben did. I mean, obviously, if he was going to come after me, I wasn't going to sit there and take it. But I didn't go the, I didn't go into it finding some like hotshot attorney that was going to try to destroy him. I kind of just took the back seat and was kind of like, let's just see where this goes. And let's just see what happens with him and what path he goes down. And then I will try to follow the best path for me after he kind of like shows me where he's going. Mm -hmm. I mean, I kind of was just praying, like praying to God that, that, that like things would change. But I mean, I wasn't going to sit back and let him walk all over me. <laughs> yeah, I have, I, a, I have a question for, yeah, yeah. for both yeah. of you that you, so many people ask this question of how do I know this is right? Which how, part? The, like the divorce how, or the... Yeah, the separation and divorce. They get stuck in this. Is this the right choice? How did you both know that? It is a very interesting question. I don't think that for me, or, or, and Nikki, I'll let you answer, but for me, it came overnight. I mean, there was still, uh, you know, months, even through the process of, of working with uh, um, the, the divorce uh, or, or the therapist. And I'm also in a 12-step program. Uh, so I was working with my sponsor and, and going through that whole process again. Um, but, but the, you know, after realizing, and I think both of us realized, you know, going through our, our, you know, working on ourselves that we wouldn't want to be married to each other either. We were not the people that we had imagined in our mind to be. And then that brings in, well, maybe now that I have this, maybe we could work it out or maybe right. we could. So, so for us, and I would assume it probably would have stayed in the relationship just for our son, like just to make it work it, but I would have walked around miserable. Well, <laughs> so that, that's the other question I even get. More. That, that's the other yeah. one that really is pressing for people. They'll say, I have to stay for the kids. Do you, I mean, and then I always say to people, is that the type of relationship you want to teach your kids to have? 
because mm. they learn from us. Yeah. I mean, they learn. Every, I mean, it, it's, it's crazy how smart these kids are. I mean, when Ben, I always, I like to tell the story about Asher because I used to think that I was being really smart. And when Ben moved out, Asher was what? Three and a half, three. He, um, Ben used to come leave at night and come back in the morning before Asher would wake up. So we would see him in the morning and, you know, see that he was there. And one morning Asher like toddled into my room, looked at the bed, looked at me and said, where daddy sleep last night. And I'm like, here is this kid who's three and a half years old that notices the side of the bed wasn't messed up. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, people don't understand that kids watch every single thing their parents do. Yes. They absorb yeah, it. I, I, they hear it. Yeah, and, and I think for, for whenever it happened, uh, I think it, again, it took time to realize that it was the right decision or whatever. But um, again, looking back on it, um, it was obviously the right decision. I mean, I see Nikki, uh, you know, with her husband now, who, who, who's a great guy. And I assure you, she never looked at me the way she looked at him. I mean, sometimes I get mad at him. Sometimes I look. Too well, no, <laughs> no, I look, I, you're, you're still, you know, Nikki, but, but, so but, you know, like they hold hands. It's just so it's like, we weren't, it's clear to both of us that we weren't put on this earth to be husband and wife. Ah, mmm, the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Ah, mmm, the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. And, you know, it's funny because there's times where like in there's times where Asher will make make a joke, but he's half joking, half real. Like. Like the other day we rode to his lacrosse game together and Asher looks at us and goes, that's so cute. Like we had Ben's kids and it was him and I and he's like, that's so cute. And, you know, sometimes he looks at us and is like, you know. What like but you guys get along so well now. And I'm like, yeah, but we get along like brother and sister that there are people that have asked and people have said like, Oh, but I don't understand how you guys didn't get along. Look at how well you get along now. I'm like, yeah, but we get along like brother and sister. You know, I would do anything in the world for him, but I don't want to be married to him. <laughs> no offense. No, no offense taken. But, but I don't think that, yeah, it's this piece here of acceptance instead of yeah. trying to force the, I'll go back to Ben's analogy, um, the peg into the square or the other way around, right? It, mm-hmm. It's the, it's accepting that it wasn't working and, mm. and that you can still build this other type of relationship that is not filled with hostility, blame, criticism. And you've made that active choice of how to move forward mm-hmm. through that. 
Yeah. And I think the, the thing about the kids and, and staying together for the kids, I don't know if we're here uh, or, or have the uh, uh, maybe above our pay grade, but marriage these days takes on a lot, you know, different shapes and sizes and what might be right for somebody and one couple might not be right for the other. But I think for us and, and what's worked for us uh, throughout the years and why we have the relationship we have is that we always put Asher first. We always, you know, and, and, you know, that can be a little bit manipulative, manipulated too. uh, if if people are making decisions off emotions, you know, I could easily, you know, if I was making decisions off ego and what's best for me, convince myself why Chad is a jerk and not good for Nikki or Asher. Right. But, but truly, uh, you know, what's best for Asher and, and our whole goal, um, was to not hand him, you know, the emotional bill, uh, for him to pay, uh, when he didn't choose the restaurant, he didn't order the wine, he didn't order the appetizers. He had no choice in any of it. Right. And and we just didn't want to hand him, uh, the bill for our decisions. What kinds of things did you do to make sure you're prioritizing Asher's wellness and his well-being? I think for one thing, one of the, I think the most important things that, you know, Ben talks about, and I'm sure he'll, you know, tell the story is Asher was able to talk about his feelings and, and no matter if it, you know, if it, even if it was as simple as, Hey, dad, I miss mom. This is, you know, too many days or Hey mom, I really miss dad. This is too many days at your house. This is too many days at dad's house. Like I need to go back and forth. I need, you know, it's hard on kids to go back and forth. It's hard on kids when they're used to seeing both parents day in and day out to go days without seeing them. So, I I mean, I think that was one of the things that we allowed Asher to have a voice and be, and, you know, we didn't talk badly about each other. We, you know, I, neither one of us ever said a bad thing about each other in front of Asher or to Asher and no matter what, how we were feeling, but we always gave Asher the opportunity to speak to us without making him feel bad about doing it. Yeah. And, and the difference between that experience and the experience I had just to, you know, the, the tale of two uh, ways of dealing with it um, is yes, it was in the eighties and it was a much different, uh, less uh, aware time, I guess you could say, but you know, uh, my family, my mom and dad sat us around the kitchen table with my brothers and sister and said, we're getting a divorce. Dad's moving out. Right. There was the event. End of story. There was the event. And, yes, and the marker, the marker. And, and, and then no matter what confusion, no matter what stuff we were feeling, there wasn't ever given, there wasn't uh, space or opportunity for us to express our experience or our hurt or what we were going through. Um, so me as a kid, uh, and, and I think to a certain extent, you know, maybe, uh, you know, my brother, a brother and a sister um, internalized it. Um, and, and, you know, I was 12 and I was like, this is bad. This isn't good. And not having an opportunity to voice it or to express it, hmm. I internalized it to and came up with the conclusion that I was bad, that I was, pro- you know. And, Which is and, what and children so, do. That's what they yeah. do, right? With the information, because it's, if this isn't working, my parents aren't happy, then it must be about me. We're very egocentric until we are in between 18 to 25 when the front of our brain hmm. finishes developing. 
It makes yeah, sense. And, and, yeah. and I had no, and, and, and for me, I know there's new feelings. I had no way of dealing with it. So I was like, okay, I got to find a way to protect this. So I might, I have to draw a conclusion. I need certainty. Right. And the only certainty I could come up with that I was bad, I was broken. Um, but you know, we, like Nikki said, gave Asher that opportunity and continued, continue to today. Um, you know, we gave him, uh, we, I wouldn't say put him in therapy, but we let, you know, uh, we, did. I mean, we, we, gave we didn't it, make him go. No, but we, we gave him uh, a chance to sit down with somebody to talk with. Um, like if there was, I mean, but we also allowed him to talk to us. Right. Which then in turn led to, you know, him being able to being open with us and saying, like yeah. he said, saying, I want to spend another day at mom's or, you know, whatever uh-huh. it is and, and us being okay with it. Now it doesn't feel good, right? It hurts. It, but you know, it's a still a blow to the ego or whatever it is but that's not what it's about, right? It's about him and, and the beauty uh, that he can express himself like that. The, uh, a short story, we were on a fishing trip. It was just four years ago, three years ago. And he, we're, yeah. we're, he leans over to me and he says out of nowhere, you know, this divorce is really hard on me. Hmm. And my first reaction or thought was you little SOB, you know, you have no idea what a hard divorce is, but you know, stop uh, restraint of a little tongue. Um, and you know, was able to say, you know what, you're right. It sucks. And as great as it is with Nikki and I, and as great, you know, wrote a book called our happy divorce. We live seven houses down. We travel together. We have family, you know, blah, 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 blah. It's still hard on him. Just the logistics of going to every house, uh, uh, of going to another house every couple of days of forgetting your book bag, forgetting your math book, Mm. shoes, whatever it is. It's like, so yes, it is hard. And I was able to, you know, sit there and empathize with him because I went through that too. Now I had all the other garbage on top of it. So imagine that as good as it is for us. And it's still hard on Asher coupled with horse manure on top of it. Right. right? And, and garbage and, and, and conflict on top of it. It's just like, it, 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 it's no deteriorates good. a person deteriorates your children. Yes. Yeah. That there's, Cycle breaking there, hey Ben, you you were breaking the cycle. And what I really like what you said there and what you did with Asher is that you didn't, I mean, that that initial response, we want our Mm. children to just move on with us, right? And to not have these hard feelings because then we feel good and that feels good as parents. And instead, you didn't expect him to never feel that this is hard. You could just see that this is always going to be hard and we can accept all feelings that show up. And that empathy that you had for him is just so powerful. Yeah. And also instead of taking it personally or defending it or justifying it, I actually, after I had that initial thought, right. I can't, it's still there. No parent wants to say like, no, of course. But, but there was a moment, there was a moment afterwards where I was like, that was a beautiful moment, Mm. you know, where, where my son felt uh, safe enough Yes. to be vulnerable and open with me. Yeah. And, and, you know, I immediately called Nikki and I was like, you wouldn't believe what Asher said to me. And it was like, yeah, yeah. It was hard on him and it wasn't a great feeling, but the fact that he was able to voice it. Especially mm-hmm. being like a 16 year old boy at the time. Yes. Yeah. Right. And <laughs> right. you didn't go into all of the shame based parenting that we experienced growing up, right? You didn't go into the, we're on this trip. Come on, buddy. Like feel good. Don't worry about that. Right. Or we, we don't talk about that. Just put that away. Like you just yeah. made space for that. You invited him into that. He's going to keep, he's going to keep doing that as well. Okay. What, what kind of 
approaches did you guys take to blend your families? Knowing that you've moved on, you have other partners and children. What are some things that you've done to really make this work? I mean, I think one of the first things that we did is, you know, once we got partners that, you know, we were serious about, you know, that we're going to start meeting. We had to be, I don't mean to be like, we weren't mean. We weren't, but we required them to get on board. Like, this is what we're doing. This is like, we are not going to allow someone else come in. Like you either get on the, you either become one of our wheels, but you're not going to become a hindrance. Mm. So I, I mean, I think that we both, and then that sounds kind of like rude. But <laughs> well, I, I, it's not rude, but it's absolutely like we like we weren't going to allow someone to come in and derail what we've worked been working so hard on. And to their credit, I mean, I think you know yeah, we uh, and this is from you know a very non clinical you know no school involved or no uh, uh, degree received for this piece of advice, but. In the beginning um, uh, of our divorce and our, you know, uh, co-parenting, you know, Nikki and I faked it until we made it. You know, we uh, put on our big boy pants. We sat next to each other at Asher school events when, you know, she was the last person I wanted to sit next to and vice versa. Um, but that was for Asher. So he didn't have to come, you know, walk over when mom is in left field and dad's in right field and say, mm -hmm. okay, who did I go over to the last time? So, you know, Nick you and didn't I have to choose. You didn't have to choose. Yeah, you could walk you, over to both of us. And, and, you know, somewhere along the line, I can't tell you when, but it became more natural. And then it became authentic. And I think, you know, for Chad and Nikki, our, our, our partners now, they deserve a lot of credit because they had to swallow a lot of pride. They had a lot of swallow, a lot of ego um, and, and getting used to the situation. Um, and it's hard for step parents. You know, the, you get the title of parent, but you don't really... You know, get all. You just called Nadia Nikki. Did I call Nadia Nikki? Yeah, not okay. the first time. Yeah. Um, you both start with the letter of, N. Well, you deserve a lot of credit too. Yeah, um, yeah your your but, new uh, partners are on board, and this is like right now you have this family unit together. It's it's all of you. It's important, and I, in some ways, so Ben, if I'll put my clinical hat on, you mm -hmm. you you did exposures. That, that, that is the exposing each other, right? So the first time you go to Asher's um, recital, whatever it is at school, school event, and you're sitting beside each other, and you're like, oh, this anxiety, this anger, Awkward, all of this yeah. is like level 10. And I just want to, okay. And then the next time you go, oh, okay, it's level nine. And then you go the next time, okay, yeah. oh, look at that. This is seven. The next time it's four. And then you're like, now you're asking each other, how was your day? Right. Yeah. So you're, or there's a cup of coffee waiting yeah, for like or, at level 10. You felt like the whole room stopped and stared like, oh, everybody, where are they going to sit? Like, oh, oh, they're going to sit next to each other. Yeah. And that's, you know, that that is. Uh, and the other thing I think is it, it gets uh, very tricky is, you know, the dating part of it. And, and, you know, when I started, Nikki called me one day and 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 she knew that, you know, I was be the middle-aged you know sort Dating. of uh i say you know, that in quotes whatever Dating. uh you, you want to call it uh but <laughs> you know she called me and she said uh that, that something that she basically said can you do me a favor and not just bring you know all these girls around asher and not bring and, and, and until you're serious about somebody in, you know, uh, bring it's them. not have a revolving door. Right. And, of and, crystals and chandeliers. And, uh, <laughs> you know, my first reaction again 
was, or first thought was, who are you to tell me who I can and can't bring around my son? Ego. Ego. Right. Uh, ego, Hello, ego. Emotion, showing up. You know, drum up the past, all that stuff of the, you know, she's so controlling. She's blah, blah, blah. Right. It, it was I mean, the first I am thing. Controlling. You are. Uh, but, but in that, in that moment, uh, you know, again, stop. And she was right. Right. If I was able to put what's best for Asher, you know, forget about Ben's ego or Ben's emotions or, you know, whatever. It is not best for Asher for me to have this revolving door of women in and out of, uh, of Asher's life, uh, because what does that teach him about mm-hmm. marriage? Right. Or what does that teach him about relationships? And so I said, I won't, you know, I will. And it was actually a year um, that, that uh, Nadia and I were dating before I introduced him to Asher. Mm-hmm. Him, not as a woman, hurt Asher, <laughs> uh, and, and uh, you know, the, so that and, and again, I kept Nikki up to speed, you know, yeah. or, or you know, she's the mom, and I told her what was going to happen and when it was going to happen because she deserves that. I mean, as hard as that is, it, to say. but there's just this level of respect, though, right? Yes. That that I'm going to respect this person who is also and still the mother to my child. I'm going to show that person respect and compassion and humanity, just like I would to any other friend. Right. It's kind of like saying, I don't have to like everything about you, but I'm still going to respect you. Mm -hmm. That is so such a perfect point that, you know, we, even after we got divorced, we might not have liked each other. Right. Mm -hmm. We might have not. No, uh, not at all. We always say this too. If you had told us 14 years ago, that we would be sitting on a podcast, you know, talking about a book we wrote called Our Happy Divorce. Forget about the book, but but just the life that we live. Yeah. Uh, and, and the way that our relationship has grown and morphed into something. We would have looked at you sideways. So I know a lot of people might be listening to this and going, yeah, but my ex and this and that. And, that. Right. and, and I just urge people to leave some space for... You yeah, know, hope. Yeah, but my ex too. No, I'm right. But but leave some uh, space for hope and yeah. and, and yeah. that maybe right possibility and possibilities because we didn't yeah. like each other. I mean, no. we, and, and and but we did respect each other, and we at least we tried to pretend like yeah. we respected each other, right? Right, right or faked it. Like I said, faked it till we made. Sudden, it was like one day you woke up and you're like, all right, it's much it's much harder to hate someone than it is to tolerate or like somebody. Yes. Yeah. That's yeah. So powerful to say that it's so much harder to hate someone. So much harder. So it's your energy and you get to make that choice. How do I want to show up here? And can I release some of this stuff that's already happened between us? Yeah. Takes too much out of you to hate somebody. Too much ugly. Yeah. It happens. I'm sure you see with clients and Uh we, you know, to people we talk to my parents are perfect examples. It's like, you know, what reward did they get for uh, not dealing with, uh, you know, their emotions or dragging having this high conflict divorce? And that was a life of not to be too, you know, uh, hyperbolic, but misery, right? Yeah. Like their disdain, uh, anger, you know, they lived with that for each other for uh, a, a long time. Pro- not today, because all of a sudden they become friends. But that's a whole nother story. Um, but we'll get back together. But just that toxicity and, and uh-huh. that you know that that vitri- whatever. I mean, all that negative yeah. emotions we talk about. Like, imagine li- living with. Like, I, I'm so grateful that we didn't have to live with right. that for 14 years because that's no fun. 
I think what I really want people who are listening to take away from what you're saying is that you're showing up here today and we're seeing a snapshot of what life is like for you. But if we were to really go back and moment to moment that this is a journey, you don't just show up here. Um, there are all these series of events before you get to the moment, right? Mm -hmm. Decide to separate. There's a reason there. You not only don't like the other person, but you don't like yourself. And then you're on this path of healing doesn't happen overnight, but you keep prioritizing your child, putting the ego and all those big, hard emotions to the side. And over time with choices, right? You both, mm. I, I think we have to really label that here. You both actively made choices towards what matters to you, like mm -hmm. towards what's really meaningful. And that's hard to do. And you're also living in line with what's important to you. Right. Yeah. And again, if you had scripted it or told us how we would want it, like we would have way undershot, you know, I think, you know, one of the big, we, we sort of skip it, but one of the biggest moments and, and was the turning point for, you know, our, our process was part of my process after I'd realized that, you know what, uh, I wouldn't want to be married to me either. Um, and, and I had gone to my therapist one day and I was all excited and she walked in and I said, I think I got it figured out, Barbara. She said, what? And, and, and she said, I said, I think I'm a narcissist. And she started laughing. I, I said, what? Barbara, like, why are you laughing? I thought we had a breakthrough here. Like, I think I thought that this is like, this is it. She goes, first of all, no narcissist would ever come into my office and say he or she's a narcissist. She goes, you're just an asshole. <laughs> Uh, she, and she said, you know, not the clinical term, but the, you know, you're just a hurt and wounded man. Right. Mm. And, and it smells, looks, feels, um, you know, like narcissism. So, you know, at that moment it, it was like, okay, I, this is who I am right now. And I wouldn't want to be married to me either. So mm. why would Nikki want to be married? So, but, but part of the mm. process after that was coming clean to Nikki, you know, and, and yeah. making amends, um, for, you know, my part in the relationship without any sort of preconceived expectations of what she was going to do. Right. And it wasn't done like, I'm going to be the bigger person. I'm going to levitate into this coffee shop and apologize to Nikki. And, you know, so, so it wasn't done vindictively, but at that moment, uh, you know, just saying, I'm sorry, not getting any details, but just realizing that I, you know, wasn't the person, you know, I, and then in turn something, you know, she apologized to me. Mm -hmm. And in 25 years of knowing each other, I think that might be the only time that either one of us has apologized to the other person, Probably. but it was the most Maybe important. Time. Now it didn't all of a sudden become better at that point, you know, yeah. a happy divorce, but they're just, you know, when you get that anxiety and that feeling on your it's chest, like a little weight lifted off your shoulders. And it was just yeah. a little bit easier to breathe, yeah. you know, and, and accountability was a huge, us both taking accountability at that moment was a huge turning point, uh, for what we eventually, you know, now call our happy divorce. Yeah. I really appreciate you sharing that, Ben. And I think that is just so valuable to look at that. And the reason I say that is because I see people show up being very hurt. So they want to hurt the other person and they point mm -hmm. the fingers and they say, you're a narcissist, you're gaslighting me rather than going behind that. Of course, we can't assess if that's true or not, right? That takes a clinician to look at that. But what's behind that? A hurt person making mm -hmm. bad choices. Right. 
Right. And, and those, if, if, if those emotions are deal with those bad choices are going to be gone right into yeah. the business part of, of yeah. the marriage, which right. is going to turn this thing from totally. sideways to upside down. And it's, you know, and you're going to go into your next relationship as the same person. Right. Yeah. yeah. And it's yeah. amazing to me just, you know, being around this for the past couple you know, uh, years since we wrote the book and, and learning about it is, uh, and this disorder, it is a real uh, narcissistic personality disorder is real. And it's a wrecking ball. It's like alcohol, mm-hmm. drug addiction. It's terrible. Um, but, or, and it's also it, it, very unlikely. Um, you know, I think less than 1% of people who actually, you know, diagnose it as it, but how many people marry Prince Charming? And divorce a narcissist or mm-hmm. marry princess, you know, it, mm-hmm. it, it, it's just not. And, and for me, I can understand that because again, I'm it's, still princess. No, <laughs> <laughs> you're the frog. Oh, um, all right. I, I want to be mindful of your time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let me, I want, I want to hear from both of you. What would be your top piece of advice to someone going through this? Nikki, you go first. I think my top piece of advice is, Understand how smart your children are at any age. They're smarter than we give them credit. They hear things, they see things that we have no idea they're seeing. They feel things. Yeah. Yeah, mine would be some, uh, just to take your time. Uh, you know, give, Nikki was very gracious in giving me the time I needed and the space I needed. Can you uh, say that one more time? Yeah. I was uh, gracious? You're gracious. <laughs> uh, and, and, you know, they're not to my knowledge, but there's no uh, reward for getting divorced the quickest. There's no reward right. for finding the best lawyer the quickest, except for, you know, I think a misery of a very expensive bill and, and, and a life right. of pain. So take your time, uh, you know, work, call a therapist, call a divorce coach, uh, you know, deal with the emotional side uh, of the divorce for Nick and I, it made the the business side and, and the post-divorce uh, a lot easier. Those are two great pieces. I absolutely love the approach you have both taken. And I'm so honored to have had this chance to connect with you, to sit with you and to share your story with my community. Thank you both so much for Thank being you. here. Where can people learn more about you? What's what's your Instagram space? Where can they find your book? Tell us more. Uh, it's everything at our happy divorce. Uh, you know, we, we are just in the business of, of, of maybe giving somebody hope, uh, you know, that they, that's why we did this. Um, uh, so if you want a book, uh, you can buy it on Amazon or anywhere books are sold. If you can't, and you still want a book, just reach out to us. We'll send you one. We, we do have plenty of them. Um, but everything at our happy divorce on social media. That's great. Thank you so much. I'll put all the links in the show notes. Thank you guys. Thank you for sharing your platform with us. We really enjoyed it. Absolutely. One of the things that really stood out for me while sitting with Nikki and Ben was around putting our egos away. This is so important when it comes to all of our relationships, but particularly when we are trying to navigate the co-parenting relationship. And it's important for us to remember that this is not about being right or wrong. When it comes to our relationships, when it comes to our children, what is important is to remember that 
the key piece is that we want to be safe and respectful towards each other. And then we also want to acknowledge, which also teaches our children, that we all view things differently. And that's okay. It doesn't make you any less than. It doesn't make you wrong. It doesn't make you inferior to others. So practicing putting our egos away can be incredibly powerful. And I think the other piece that stood out for me was something around accountability and a willingness to just really hold yourself accountable to what it is that you bring into a relationship. Okay, this week, here's a challenge for you, and it's about accountability. So this isn't about you doing something for someone else, but rather for yourself. Knowing that this season's podcast theme is around self-abandonment, I want you this week to hold yourself accountable to one thing. Is it about turning the phones off 10 minutes earlier? Is it about stopping screen time at 9 p.m., doing your sleep routine and getting into bed a little bit earlier? Is it about connecting with a loved one or is it movement for yourself? Identify that one small thing that you can put into place for this week and hold yourself accountable to it. If you struggle to do it, that's okay. Don't beat yourself up over it, but notice what got in the way because our barriers can also teach us a lot about things that we are working on to grow and shift. Thank you once again for tuning into today. I am always so grateful when I get DMs and messages from you. I would love for you to click the stars on iTunes. If you have words to share, please leave them in a review that helps other people to find the podcast. And as always, please send me a DM and let me know what you thought of the episode today. As we wrap up today, I want to remind you that you are right where you need to be. Remember, this podcast is for educational purposes only and does not substitute for the care from a licensed mental health care provider. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com.